Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague, and today we have a guest in the studio, our first guest of July, Sharita Green, and she's bringing a book today that's called The Good Fight, and As I was talking with her today and as I heard her testimony and the things that she shared with us, I was really encouraged and inspired by this verse, Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says about our suffering, to take joy, to rejoice in our suffering. And it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I really like that because rejoicing in our sufferings, her book is talking about the good fight, and you guys will hear more about that soon, but it just inspired me that even though we have bad days, even though there's struggles, there's trials, there's things that we can't see, if we can't see the other side, if we're in the middle of a storm, take joy, take joy in it, because it produces character, it produces endurance, it produces hope, and all of those things we can have confidence in God that he's going to get us through it because in my past he has he is the way maker in my life I've said that a lot and so I can look back at my life and say these mountains that I've had to face these big bridges over gaps and valleys that I've had to overcome but God can do it he is the way maker and so I just wanted to encourage you guys with that today God is bigger he has a plan for your life take joy in your sufferings even if it doesn't make sense take joy because it'll make you into a better person and it'll help you to depend on God better so guys before we get into it I'm going to pray and then we'll we'll hear from Sharita today dear heavenly father thank you for this day that you've given us thank you for this podcast platform for our guests that come onto the show God I pray that you continue to bless the show The words that people speak, I pray that it continues to go out and to touch people's hearts for them to know that you are real, to know that you are strong and powerful, God, and you're greater than all the trials and sufferings that we can face in this world, God. So I just pray you go before us in this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. 
visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Sharita, how are you today? Thank you for joining us. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Dallas. I appreciate um, the opportunity and to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. You're our first guest of July. So it's the first of July. It's been it's been great. So far, it's only ten o'clock in the morning, but I think it'll be a great a great day, a great month. So if you can take the next five to ten minutes and just share your story with us, just to kind of give a listeners a background of who you are and what you're gonna bring today. Yes, thank you so much. Um, there's so much. <laughs> I um, actually um, didn't start going to church until I was in high school, so around ninth grade. Um, prior to that, I was, you know, going maybe two or three times a year for family functions, and I really didn't understand what was going on. So I didn't start attending church until I was in high school, but. I didn't begin understanding the Bible and understanding the word until I got to college. And the uh, church that I went to, they had a strong college campus ministry and we all began to grow and develop there. And the church was very big. And so they had lots of resources for us and the church actually because as college students, we don't have transportation unless we're on the train mm-hmm. or the bus. <laughs> um, the church actually picked us up every Sunday and Wednesdays in charter buses and took us to church, which was really, really cool. So if it wasn't for that um, foundation, I'm not sure, you know, where I would be today as far as um, getting to know God. So, um, and where where was that located at? Uh, it's located well, at the time. It was located in Decatur, Georgia. Okay. And I think I'm not currently at that ministry anymore, but I think they're now in Lithonia, Georgia. And so, um, during the college years, is being involved in the college campus ministry. I uh, met a best friend. Um, he was a male best friend of mine, and um, we began to mentor uh, young people and little kids. Um, I was a work-study student in college, and so um, while I was working uh, with the work-study program, I actually worked in a, a low-income public housing neighborhood community. And at first, it was okay for me to work there, but I didn't want to live there um, because it was just completely different. I guess I would say I was kind of raised in a bubble, per se, when I was in high school. Um, but unfortunately, I lost my... Uh, scholarship after my first year. (laughs) And so I did request to, um, so I could stay in the downtown area and still go to go to college on the bus. Um, I did request to go ahead and move into the campus. And it wasn't something that my parents wanted me to do. But honestly, I felt like it really opened up the door for reality and the things that um, the kids were dealing with, because the community that I was living in, um, it wasn't the best example. Um, so they had prostitutes on one corner. They had drug dealers on the other wow. corner. Um, wow. It was a very uh, interesting time. But that's the time where I really began to, uh, we were witnesses to the, ch- the children. We would bring them to church with us on the trains and the buses. If it was conferences, we would take them places in the neighborhood. We kind of became like big brother and big sister to them. 
Um, and so it was, a, it was a good time, but eventually it was, I was there for seven years <laughs> and it was time for me to go. I had some experiences where, um, it was raining in my apartment and my roof, it was, it was having issues and we we're fixing it. My, my car windows were, got busted out. I had, um, uh, issues and encounters with people that were stealing from me. Um, and so I guess that, that cycle was, was beginning to come to a close. And so the best friend that I had, um, it, it kind of, he decided to go, he went back to college. And so we were no longer connected. So basically my journey with God began when I no longer had my best friend in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it pushed me. I had, you know, one way to go into a place of, of loneliness and depression and despair because I didn't have a lot of friends and I did, it wasn't easy for me to meet people or it was a time for me to draw closer to God. And so I made a decision to learn how to draw closer to God as far as a relationship, not just attending, not just attending church. And so it was that period where I began to study. That's that period where I began to pray. Um, and I was still an example to the children that were in the neighborhood. Um, so I was pouring into them and then me attending church is where I began, you know, I continued to be fed as well. Um, so I left there and eventually I ended up moving to um, Houston, Texas, and um, for work. And um, there in Houston, Texas is where I began to, when I eventually did find a church home, um, it opened up my eyes and experience to get involved in um, evangelism or prophetic evangelism for people. Mm-hmm. It was really exciting because I was kind of a person that was really to myself. But when I was around other people who were excited about God, it's like, okay, we're going to go out and just meet people today. We're going to go out and just pray for people today. And I, we would go at night sometimes, which is really an experience because Friday nights is when everybody came out <laughs> and mm-hmm. everybody's out doing things. And, and so it was really interesting to meet and encounter people at night. And it just really opened me up to, to realizing like, kind of like what the ministry of Jesus may have looked like, like not necessarily in a temple or in four walls of a church, but encountering people that I've never actually um, seen before or it, kind of knowing their stories and knowing their experiences. Yeah. And we always come in love. And honestly, even though it may be a fearful thing for a lot of people, a lot of people are accepting and embracing of us because of our approach. You know, we don't come, you know, beating people on the head with a Bible or mm-hmm. not even a track. You know, we just came saying, we want to pray for you, you know. And that's the real life ministry there, right? It's not in the church walls. It's like that's the real people that need to hear the gospel. Yes. Exactly. So yes, cool. and and it's just that was like this is what I I love to do. But also during that time, you know, I lived in Houston by myself. I moved to Houston by myself, I, and my parents helped me move there. And it's just kind of like I had a day to find a place. I didn't know anything about it, which I don't recommend. <laughs> just moving to a place and 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 not know the area, you know, but I, I moved and and God just happened to put me in a decent area, I had like 24 hours to find a place to stay. But during that time, you know, I, I've always been able to take care of myself. So it wasn't that I needed someone to like depend upon. But for some reason, it's like I became angry, because I was just I felt like I was doing so much for other people. And then I was working trying to, you know, I was making bare minimum at the jobs that I was doing, I just felt like everything was like work, or I was just pouring out to other people and work and pouring out to other people. And it's like, I just, I didn't become angry at God, but I just didn't understand like why my life seemed to be kind of like in the, in a cycle of, of not really experiencing like 
the joy that I want to experience and having people around me. That's the biggest thing. I think that I feel like I can, I could really, really connect with. And so I was getting older. <laughs> um, and so around my middle, early thirties, it's like that age where it's like, okay, I'm not married and I don't have any kids. And so I just began to kind of like, you know, settle with um, a particular person that I met, but eventually the, the, the encounter, I call it, encounters I don't want to say relationship but I call it an encounter but I'm, I'm and I've had encounters in the past before that um of just unhealthy unhealthy situations like people that have been in jail um people that were stealing from me people that were just being manipulative and it's like god I'm a godly person it's like why can I not <laughs> you know and that's part of why I was a little bit angry like why can I not meet somebody that is at the level where I'm at as far as my love for God and wanting to, you know, but I mean, I understand that the serpent came to, to Eve in the garden. So there's going to be different types of people that approach you, but it's like, why is it not healthy people approaching me? And I didn't understand because it, it was just bothering me. And so um, like this particular person, I was like, I actually was, I actually was engaged to this person but then I found out, I didn't even know the person long. It was like literally four months, <laughs> but it was kind of like a serious state of desperation. Mm-hmm. And um, then I found out the person had a cocaine addiction. And I was like, oh my gosh, you need to get some help and this and the other thing. But then again, this person was stealing from me. Like they stole my jewelry, stole my glasses, they stole my, my, my tablet. Wow. And it's like, you have, and I was like, they took it to the pawn shop and, uh, and the rain, they took the rain back and <laughs> took it to the pawn shop. And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, I don't care about that. I just want to, I just, I, it's over, it's over. And so I was just, it was just really discouraging for me around that time. Um, so I eventually came back to Atlanta. I stayed in Houston for five years. I came back to Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm at now. And um, because my dad was sick. And so I wanted to come back. And it was hard for me to come back because I was doing okay. And he's, I felt like I found a position where, you know, I was doing okay. And um, I was referred to the position and I got the position. So me coming back to Atlanta has been a challenge uh, as far as like starting over. And that's not, I didn't want that, but he, he was ill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was having the minimum job hours. And also I was angry because it's like, I have a degree. I have two degrees. And it's not that I'm flashing it in anybody's face. It's just that, you know, I have done my schooling. I've done my time. I contribute to society. I help people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing all these things. And it's like, what am I doing wrong? You know, God, what, what, am, I, what am I doing wrong that, that I can't experience the, the, the payoff financially, that I can't experience the payoff with, with um, my health, that I can't experience the payoff in relationships. I can't experience the payoff in people that I know are getting married and they have great jobs or they have their kids and they have their families and, you know, <laughs> they have like homes. And, and I know that that's not what all life is about. And I've never been that way. But it's like, I just want to be able to experience something that, you know, where I feel like I've achieved in some area of my life, or I feel like I've accomplished in some area of my life. And people were in my age group, experience, some of them were experiencing some of those things. And then some people who were older than me, it's like, you know, most people that I knew were either uh, married and or already had children. So there wasn't anybody that I could really, um, and now I'm, to this day, I'm 40. 
<laughs> and um, I'm still um, am in that situation as far as, you know, not being married, not having any kids. But my mindset and my strength where I'm at now is different than where I was in my, in my early 30s. Yeah. And so my dad was sick. He had cancer. Um, so I came back and my mom was trying to do things to help and support him and take him to his treatments. I moved back home. It was my first time living with my parents since I was in high school because when I left the college, I went to college and I stayed in the apartments and then I moved to tech. So I was on my own for like over 15 years. And so it was my first time living with them. And my, my perspective was different than it was when I was a teenager. It was a lot of arguing, it was fighting and fussing. And then I was um, on the phone for a call center company 10 hours a day with them fighting and fussing at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, it's too much. It's too much. I was stressed out. And so when I, the church I was at, I began to dance. I began to praise dance. And that was my way of like feeling like I was free and feeling like I had peace and I could like just express myself. I just was on a praise team dancing and I'd never, never danced before, I just, but it was that time for me to do that. And so uh, I moved in with my brother because it was, it was just overwhelming. Um, and so um, my dad ended up passing away um, August of 2015, um, which was really, really traumatizing. So then I experienced trauma um, because we were, we were pretty close and um, it was extremely difficult because he was the one person male in my life that I felt like I could go to it was no longer there. Mm-hmm. It was no longer, it just ended. Um, and so it was really hard um, for me to experience that. And so just dealing with grief. And so I know that I needed some healing. Um, I went to the church and got some healing and got some deliverance. And um, I began to get involved in the prophetic teams um, at the church. And to this day, I still am part of the prophetic team. And I also was on the healing deliverance team as well once I did get some healing um, on my own. So God has always, like even with the jobs that I've had, um, even though they didn't pay much and I stay here with my mom, which is fine, but I'm just, I was just so used to being independent and being like, you know, so God had to like humble me in that area and really have me trust him. And I've always been able to work, but it's just not having maybe the, the pay that I wanted to have mm-hmm. um, to be able to um, live a life of not just, you know, paycheck to paycheck and, and things like that. And so um, I just, you know, continue to be around positive people on the ministry teams, um, continue to pray, continue to get my word, sing, um, whatever I need to do um, to grow my relationship with God. And it's been, stronger than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and just being able to stand it, just so many things, um, just even with my health, I was in and out of hospital, urgent care, like all most of 2019, because I was having um, just pains in my body and I didn't know why, and they couldn't figure out why. Like I have like a binder full and it just shows me that they, they couldn't find anything. And so I was like, what are the, why are there attacks that are happening? Yeah. Um, to me and so it's like what is going on and it's like I don't have people really really to I have a few people to talk to but it's like you guys really really don't understand you know like you know I'm just I feel like I'm in a different place um than people in my age group um and it's difficult you know so I usually just say to myself and just um I talk to God and communicate with God and 
you know, dealing with the loss, dealing with the grief, dealing with unhealthy relationships. I was in a relationship and I wanted to, um, um, for four years when I came here, but the person is incarcerated. And they're like, oh my God, he's incarcerated. And, and it's like, but he is a man of God, he's a Christian, and there are good people that are incarcerated, but it was just very stressful hmm. that he, you know, the visitations and the visits and, 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 and cause I, I can't, as someone that's incarcerated, very, everything's limited. Like I've never been on a date with this person. I've never been to the movies with this person. I've never been out to dinner with this person, you know, mm-hmm. things that people normally do in a relationship. And for a lot of people, it just, it doesn't make sense. And, um, I mean, we're still friends to this day, um, because I don't believe in, in being rude or cold or harsh but it's like, God, I don't, why is he still there? You know, why, why can he not get out? And so we can have a life. And, and so it's just so many things that sometimes I don't get. But again, I always just go back to God and go back to his presence to be filled and um, to get that support. And he always makes a way. He, his, his presence always touches me. He, he always is there to comfort me and to provide for me and make ways for me, open doors for me and to protect me. Um, I was like, I need a new car. My car is like 21 years old and it's, it's, it's loud and it's making noises. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God, I need to be able to be in that place where I can have, you know, something that's reliable. And it's like, this doesn't make sense. But, you know, in the Bible, when I read it, it's a lot of situations of people in the Bible where things were uncomfortable and they were uncomfortable for a while. But, they had God and they had the presence of God and God always showed himself mighty and strong in their lives. And I know that things have changed and things have gotten better in certain areas, but I know that there's also areas where um, I'm still waiting on that physical manifestation of him breaking through um, and just surprising me in my life. And I know that it's going to happen. I, I just know that it's going to happen, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm not alone, that I'm not lost, that I'm not forsaken, and that I'm not alone. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So that led you into writing the book, The Good Fight. Yes. That process. Okay. So thank you for explaining that. That kind of answers my first question of kind of what inspired you to write this book. And yeah. thank you so much. My second question for that is, how can this book be different than other books out there? Right. So, um, and, and and just, you know, part of the reason why I um, I wrote the book is because life is, is not always going to be a bed of roses, right? And there's different battles and situations and circumstances that come up and things are not, not going to go as planned. And so one of my main scriptures for the book is First Timothy 6 and 12, where it says, fight the good fight of faith, you know? And so it, it, and that's where my, my title came from, um, fighting the good fight of faith and that how we, God has given us um, victory in anything, no matter what we do as, as children of God, sons and daughters of God, we are victorious and we always are going to be on the winning side. And what makes mine different is one is because everything that I talk about it, I've experienced, I've, I've gone through <laughs> And um, so it's not something that I'm, I'm thinking about or I've heard about from someone else. These are things that I've actually um, gone through and things that I've experienced as far as, um, you know, rejection, um, yeah. unmet expectations. These are just some of the titles of my book, dealing with identity, dealing with purpose, uh, understanding your purpose, 
um, dealing with health issues, relationships, or the lack thereof. And what makes mine um, different, I feel like a lot of self-help books talk about um, positivity or they talk about, you know, motivation and they talk about, you know, how to have better relationships um, or they talk about habits. They talk about how to, you know, step into a place of success, um, how to make more money, how to how to dream big. But I haven't really found many things that actually talk about how to deal with um, internal issues, how to deal with day-to-day functions. You know, what happens if, you know, someone on a job, if you, if you get fired? What would you do? What happens when you get laid off? What happens if you get bad news in your family? What happens if things, you know, you just get something surprising. These are daily things that people may encounter, but they don't have um, the tools to be able to overcome the different tactics that come your way. And yes, we need to have, um, you know, books that will push us and strive us to kick, you know, make sure that we're not staying in that same place and that we stay focused on moving ahead in life. But what about when, you know, if we're so focused on looking ahead and so focused on looking at goals and so focused on looking at achievements, which we need, because we do have to, you know, make plans and we do have to move forward. But there's also the part of our life where, you know, what happens um, when situations occur suddenly or situations that you've been dealing with for a while happen you know, where are the tools, where are the keys, and where are the strategies to deal with everyday life? Mm-hmm. And so I talk about not just, you know, those situations, but how to uh, overcome, you know, how to get into a place of um, sharing and giving and serving and loving, and how when you focus on other people, that actually pulls you out of a place of being um and despair or feeling like you're ashamed or rejected or uh, that you're a failure and, and pulls you into a place of that you are blessed and that you do have something to offer. Um, so that's why I feel like, you know, that's what makes it different when people experience um, any grief issues and it'll show you how the Bible and prayer helps you to become stronger. And when situations rise against you, how to have a winning strategy. And I wrote it from a perspective of people, you know, maybe between 25 and, and 40 that are single, mm-hmm. that maybe don't have, may or may not have children, you know, people that don't have a support system, don't have someone you can just call upon, you know, and to fix it for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but this will show you how the word of God is your fixer. It will show you how Christ is your fixer, you know, and there's questions that are in there that you can self-reflect on and meditate upon, you know, that you can go back to and um, help you and to help someone else around you that you may feel like is, is um, going through something similar because we all have something to offer. And so it's a book that they can relate to and just to kind of be a part of like, yeah, I understand this. I see where you're coming from, that kind of perspective. That's good. Absolutely. And how do you think this book will benefit the readers the most? One book, one chapter that I feel like would benefit them the most is um, I have a chapter called Mind Reset. And a lot of times, unless 
your mind is in a place of renewal and your mind is in a place of feeling like it can be transformed, we're going to get stuck where we are. And you're going to replay the situations in your life over and over again. And some people, you know, if you continue to, you know, the Bible says to set your mind on things that are above. And it talks about transforming your mind. And if we don't do that, then we're just going to remain um, as if, you know, things won't change. Or we'll remain in a state of, of being angry or being upset or being mad. And we won't move forward. We won't be thankful. We won't be content. We won't put other people before ourselves. And if you don't transform your, if you don't transform your mind, you can have all these negative thoughts that are coming in from the world, things that people are saying, the thoughts that you can be conjuring up yourself. And it shows you how to begin to, to, to pull out the things that are old, the things that are negative, and how to Think on the things that God wants you to think about for yourself and, and, and understanding that you are a powerful person, you are a great person, you are a lovely person, that you are a person that can overcome, you're a person that can conquer anything. And when you shift your mindset, despite whatever you feel like is going on, I would have to say to myself, I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to accomplish some, some tasks that need to get done today. I'm going to... Um, be positive today. I'm going to meet great people today. And when you begin to speak those things in the atmosphere, it's like your body will begin to grab hold of those signals and those signals will begin to, you know, to, to, um, um, to like emanate through your, through your, through your cells, you know, and your brain will begin to be send those signals to different parts of your body. And even when it comes to your health, you know, that's some of the things that I had to do. It's like, um, I'm, I'm not in pain, you know. I'm not going to have to keep going back and forth to the doctor because sometimes they don't have the answers anyway. So I always have to trust in God. But that mind, that mindset that you have, it, it has to shift. It, it has to change. Um, we have to have the mind of Christ. And we're going to sustain ourselves in this world. And because there is so much going on, people are anxious. People are worried. People are... Um, Lost, and I feel like this is a really good time where a lot of people may not be thinking about, you know, that next vacation or that next raise. You know, mm -hmm. they're trying to focus and keep their mind sane on how they're going to feed their family or how they're going to um, keep their jobs or how they're going to pay their bills. These are things, real things that people are, are thinking about. And when we have that mind to say that God will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, if we have that mindset and we're quoting the word and we're quoting the scripture and we're just hanging on to it and applying to it, then, you know, we will begin to see the difference. And, and if you have to stick with it, you have to keep saying, you have to keep confessing it, and you have to believe that God is and that he will come through. Yeah. And the overall message of this book that you would like the readers to take away, the listeners today from the podcast, what do you think that message would be? I would say that um, you have the ability to transform people's lives and that nothing just happens in your life just because. Whether it's something that we did or whether it's something that happened to us, nothing just happens and there's always going to be tests. There's always going to be trials and tribulations. It says that those things will come. But, you know, 
if you look at it from a perspective of why is this happening versus of, okay, this is happening. What can I do about it? How can I change? How can I become better? You know, God will make a way Mm -hmm. and that he will continue to rest himself upon you and continue to be with you regardless of what is happening. He's going to be with you and that you can always call upon him in the morning, in the afternoon, in the midnight hour, but you have to call upon him. And in some people, you know, who've been struggling for years in certain areas and struggling for decades, and you feel like your life is mediocre, you have a story. Don't allow the enemy to push you out of purpose because of your circumstances. You know, he's giving you power. He's giving you authority over the enemy. And that's what the book is about. You know, it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. And so we have to overcome by the word and the blood of Jesus Christ and learning how to stand and take your place in Christ, despite the obstacle, despite the challenge, despite the circumstance, despite the bad news, despite the rejection, Christ is your pillar. And when you know how to fight and you know how to stand, it's like you become a soldier and you become a warrior and you're not afraid and you're not intimidated by the things that come. And you become strong and you become stronger and you become a, a person that it, it, it's like it, you don't feel like when something happens, you don't feel like going in a corner. You, you know who you are in God. You know who you are in Christ. And you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to fight. You'll be able to war. And you'll be able to win. And this life will be what God wants it to be and things will happen for you, and things will get better. And it all ties together, the good fight, right? This is a fight, Absolutely. and we can make it a good Absolutely. fight through Jesus, through the one that came to save us, right? So Absolutely. Good. And so this book, The Good Fight, where is it available at? Um, the book is on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Um, I also have a Facebook group um, for those who want to continue to um, get support for those who want prayer in certain situations um, and have live, live prayer. Um, and um, for those that need more support, for those that need a community, the Facebook group is called Warriors, um, but it's, um, the actual link is uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash Arise Warriors. And um, that is the actual link for the Facebook group. Okay. But we do have a warriors group that you can actually join as well. All right. I have some of those links. I'll put those in the in the description. You guys can click on that. And thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Do you have any future projects in mind? Maybe another book coming, maybe some other things that you're working on? I am actually thinking about maybe doing a uh, just a cartoon um, illustration mm-hmm. book. Um, bullying is something that is a major, major, major issue (laughs) that is going on. My background is in um, education and I've worked in the school system for, for a while. Uh, And, um, it's a, it's a major problem. Um, when I came to Georgia, uh, I was originally, I'm originally from upstate New York. And when I came to Georgia, it was different for me. Um, and you know, I was bullied. I was picked on, on the bus. It would, take pencils and pens and pick my hair and play with my hair. And um, it was just the things that I experienced. And I began to, you know, shut down. I was probably like 11 or 12. Um, 
and it has nothing to do with, you know, uh, <laughs> has nothing to do with your race. Um, to those people in my own race mm-hmm. that, that bullied me and, and um, turned their back on me as well and, and began to taunt me and make fun of me as well. Um, so I would like to just do something with that and, and just, you know, kind of make it more aware of, of what, you know, what kids feel and, um, you know, how, you know, what it looks like from the perspective of an adult and the person who's actually being a bully. Yeah. So I would like to do a, uh, a cartoon illustration um, book in the future um, sometime this year and, and get that published as well. Yeah, I think that would be a great book, a great timely book too with the things that are happening in the world today. I think that would be great. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks for being a part of the podcast today. And if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for Dallas and I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for the listeners, and I thank you for the people on the line. I pray, Father, that the things that I have said have touched their hearts, and I pray that um, they will continue to stand in the midst of hard times and troubles and situations, and that they are empowered to be able to conquer, Father, that they are not defeated, God, but they are on the winning side, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you would touch their hearts, their minds, their bodies, and their souls, and areas, God, where they may feel as if they are discouraged. They may feel alone, Father. They may feel rejected, abandoned, in, the, in despair, where they're dealing with grief and loss. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come, that you will come in and that you will lay your hands upon them and that you will touch them and that you will drive their ears, Father, that you will wrap your arms around them and let them know that you love them and that you care for them, God. I thank you, Lord God, that trouble won't last always and that they are victorious, God. They are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that you would keep them in the palm of your hands, God, that you would keep them from the wilds and the snares and the deceitful works of the enemy and darkness, that they will not follow the voice of a stranger, God, but they would stay in in your will, Father, and they would hear the voice of you, God, who is our shepherd, that you would lead them into a blessed place, a prosperous place, a powerful place, God, that you would strengthen them, Father, they would walk in your kingdom, dominion, power, may your glory rest upon them, and may your face and shine upon them, and may you smile upon them all the days of their life. I thank you, for you are Lord, and you are King, God, and you are majestic. And in everything, God, I give you praise, honor, glory, and thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.